Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to our Advent prayer journey. And if you've jumped on and you've been on this journey with us for the past seven days, man, I just want to say thank you. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And uh, one of the great passions of my life is prayer and helping people um, get on track in their life with God, their hidden life with God. Uh, it's easy for us to come to church and, you know, do the uh, the public things. But there's so much fruit and richness to be found in a private life with God. And so I hope that this has helped you. And if you've been struggling in your own prayer walk and your prayer journey, I hope that this has really given you the, um, the power and the boost that you need at this time in your life. And I hope it's blessed your holiday season as well. So welcome to our Advent prayer journey. Welcome to day seven. The word Advent comes from a Latin word, which is originally translated from a Greek word, parousia, which referred to the coming of Christ in the flesh, as well as his second coming. And Advent has been a part of the church calendar since the early days of the church. It's a tool that helps us prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ. Take a moment to pause, take a breath, and refocus your scattered thoughts on the presence of Jesus. And as you breathe, remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some impersonal life force or power, but a companion for life who walks with you every day. And rather than praying what you think that you should pray, pray from an honest place. Pray as if your best friend were sitting right next to you with a listening ear. And this is something that I have uh, been practicing a lot lately. And, and what I find is that as I come to this place, where I'm trying to begin my prayer time, if I have distracted thoughts, if my heart just isn't in it, one thing that I've found that's been helpful for me to pray, and I don't know if it'll be helpful for you, uh, maybe you can find your own version of this, but it's just praying, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are a person. Because what that does is it anchors me down in the side of the brain that's, that's more relational. When I imagine the Holy Spirit as a person, and I use the beautiful imagination that God has given me to picture myself talking with the Holy Spirit who is in all reality right in front of me, right next to me. What it does is it helps me relationally connect to God and get out of the, um, you know, the I'm just trying to get this done, check it off the list mentality. So take a moment to pause, take a breath and imagine the Holy Spirit right in front of you. Today, we're going to read Psalm chapter 89, verses 1 through 4. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Pray this, God, I pray that I would know your faithfulness 
and love so well that it would pour out of me in songs. I pray that I would be so acquainted with your faithfulness that I would make it known through all generations. Let all around me see the faithfulness of God evident in my life. Hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus, there were prophecies about his life. Let's read this passage together, and as we do, we can understand more fully who he is. This is Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 through 12. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore my people will know my name. Therefore in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing, come out from it and be pure. You who carry articles of the Lord's house, you will not leave in haste or go in flight for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. When we see the Lord's faithfulness to his people Israel, we get a glimpse of how he treats us. We have a new covenant with God, and so now you and I are his covenant people. Mistakes led the people of Israel into Assyrian captivity, but now God has heard their cries, and this verse is a promise that deliverance is coming. Salvation is coming to the Israelites. And can you hear the tone of joy in Isaiah's voice as he's writing these words? He says, your watchmen lift up their voices. He commands, burst into songs of joy together. There is joy on the horizon for the people in bondage. We serve a God whose activity in our lives will cause us to burst into songs of joy. I have many times experienced answered prayer or encounters with his presence that are so profound that they make me want to burst with joy. Lord, let me see deliverance in my life. I want to sing for joy as I see your hand at work in my life. I take a moment to sing, shout, or simply just smile with joy as I celebrate your faithfulness toward me.
As we return again to our passage, listen for the natural inflections that you hear in this passage. Are there certain words or phrases that jump out to you? And what might God be saying to you by highlighting those phrases? Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 through 12. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The circumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up, sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. Daughter Zion, you now a captive. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord. For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I that foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, you, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes, burst into songs of joy together. Your ruins, uh, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure. You who carry the articles of the Lord's house. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. For some odd reason, the phrase, the God of Israel will be your rear guard, just hits me. The rear is the place of greatest vulnerability. The phrase, I have eyes in the back of my head, might be a cute thing for a parent to say, but it's just not true, is it? None of us have eyes in the back of our heads, which means... The rear is our greatest blind spot, the place of vulnerability. There is a sense of peace that comes over my heart as I imagine God guarding me in the place of my greatest vulnerability. See, I believe that scripture is meant to be lived in, not just read. And there's a reason why God gives us such vivid pictures like this in the Bible. It's because by using our imaginations to literally imagine Christ guarding us, we can squeeze out of this passage the emotional experience that God wanted us to have. As we imagine Christ guarding us, there's a sense of security and peace that comes over our souls. So as you hear the phrase, the God of Israel will be your rear guard, what picture do you get in your mind? And what emotion does the idea of God guarding your life give you? I even find it helpful to ask, where do I feel that in my body? You know, maybe you feel a sense of peace and that sense of peace comes over you. And so you can feel it in your heart or you feel a weight that's lifting off of your shoulders. But there should be, as we experience this passage and we experience the emotion that Christ was trying to give us, there should be a feeling, a sensation in our body. Many of the Christian leaders that I follow ask this question, and it's been super helpful for me to ask. 
Now, before you write this off as being too mystical, I want you to think about it practically. We carry tension in our bodies. You feel tension in your jaw. You feel tension in your back. You feel tightness in your chest. Could it be also that we can carry peace and joy and security in our bodies as well? So where in your body do you feel the comfort of God? It might feel like a warmth in your heart or a release of tension from your shoulders. Allow yourself to sit in that place for a second. Allow the Holy Spirit to just give you rest, not just in your spirit, but even in your body. Lord, as I approach this day, I thank you that you're my rear guard. You're watching over my life. There is nothing that comes into the path of my life that you haven't already seen. You see it all. I rest in your peace and I even allow my body to rest in your peace today. 